As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. At T-Mobile, you can get two powerful iPhone 11 Pros on us. The three cameras are perfect for capturing my DIY projects. I'm repainting our car. Wow, the ultra-wide camera really captures all the uh, flames. Switch today and get two new lines for 90 bucks, plus two iPhone 11 Pros on us with qualifying trading. For well-qualified customers, plus taxes and fees, essentials plan with auto pay, phone via 24 credits. If you cancel before 24 credits, remaining balance on full price of $999.99 for each device may be due. Contact us. Qualifying port and finance agreements required. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Accounts, descriptions, and samples of this audio may not be disseminated without the consent of its creator or TJ DeSantis Productions, LLC. For information, email Productions at gmail.com. It's time with Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where UFC 248 is coming. We are live. This is this. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on this time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, President Trump, film, TV, UFC. We've got it all for you, folks, and we let it fly because this is No Holds Barred Radio. It's time to rant and rave. No special guest today, but a special co-host and producer of my show, TJ DeSantis, is with me here right now. TJ, how are you? I'm amazing, Bruce. How are you? Good. Look at you, man. Looking good. Where? Looking good. Oh, me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, you. It's a you. Super Give Tuesday. A it's a Super Tuesday as we record. Super, Super Tuesday. Well, Super Tuesday's got some things we got to discuss. Good, bad, and different worrisome whatever the case might be but let's just let's go into something right now well just real I quick, talk real about quick. This. i mean it's super tuesday did you vote super tuesday i'm thing. going to i have two big deals today i have to go see my accountant for two hours for 2019 okay yay and i've got to vote so i'm going to get all that taken care of but first and foremost even more important for all our listeners around the world growing rapidly each week we need to talk it's time radio so let's let's go into the big subject before we talk ufc i've got some crazy stories in the news to go over. I want to give an update. We're going to do this every week until this thing is underhand, and hopefully it will be um, in, under control at some point in the near future. But the coronavirus update, first off, people are really stupid out there, TJ. Well, I'll agree okay? with that 100%. I may be one of them at times, to be honest with you. <laughs> Listen, I have my moments too, and I and I and we have a stupid is a stupid does section of the show, which we've got a wild story to talk about today. But what I'm talking about and I hate the word stupid. I rarely use it myself, but this is dumb. Corona beer, beer, right? Right. Lost $170 million in sales during this coronavirus ep- uh, pandemic what? Uh, situation happening because people didn't buy Corona beer because the name Corona. Dumb. Yeah, but dumb. So correct dumb. me if I'm wrong. I think Corona actually has something to do with the sun, like the, the origin of the name. <clears throat> Excuse me, Corona has some sort of scientific meaning uh, with the sun. Well, if I don't get it, considering I feel I'm somewhat intelligent, then I think a lot of people don't get that. No, so, but I mean, also, too, the, like, I mean, my name. 
I mean, to, to go into like how dumb I am, Bruce, like I live here in Southern California. I definitely asked my wife, hey, is Corona beer made in Corona, California? And she's like, no, it's not. But no, no, it's uh, Mexico, baby. Right. All right. So you know what is made in Corona, California? What? The official energy drink of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Monster. Oh, that I did not know. Yeah. Thank you for the thank you for it. I probably won't mention it to anybody during my lifetime. But hey, thank well, you. For now that, that we mentioned that. it, hopefully they're not affected by the coronavirus. Someone's gonna be like, "Hey, did you hear about Monster? It's made in the coronavirus." Yeah. yeah, Monster. There's a monster in the can. Well, listen, folks. It's okay if you're a beer drinker. It's okay to drink Corona beer. But in the last week, they have changed the name of the virus. It's now called the COVID nineteen. But of course, many people are just still going to say Corona. Well, so well, COVID nineteen. Well, wasn't Let's, it always called that in the scientific community? Because they they do strains like the the flu or in influenza is not always just referred to as the flu. I think there's always a number attached to it because it describes some sort of uh, like evolutionary process of the the virus. Yeah, I would believe that to be correct. But I think that what I'm noticing now and many of the articles pointing out, yeah, uh, it's a they're saying COVID-19 now more than they're saying Corona is what I'm noticing. As but they should, look, right? Like, isn't it? Yes. It, wasn't, it, yes. wasn't it like swine flu? Wasn't that like H1N1 or something like that? I'm not sure, TJ. I, I very possibly could have been, but I'm not. Uh, you know me. I won't say I know unless I know. Right. No. Let me go course. through the current stats. Let's go through some current stats I want to give our listening public. And this is changing daily. Right. The coronavirus now, as of today, has sickened more than 92,700 people. As of Tuesday afternoon, 3,156 people have died. All but 211 of those people are in mainland China. Now, the other uh, countries affected, South Korea, has 28 deaths. They say avoid travel to South Korea, avoid travel to mainland China. Italy now has 79 deaths. 2,502 reported cases, 79 deaths. Do the math on that while I'm talking. I think that works out to be about a 3%, about 3% of the total, which is what they say is the death rate for coronavirus. You, you, Avoid could travel me, to corona you could give me all day to do that math, Bruce. I wouldn't be able to do it. Okay. I'm, I'm good it looks with like minutes, it's not same. with numbers like that. <laughs> all right. Well, it's coming in at 3%, give or take. That, that's Iran, huge, right? 2000 like, like I'm sorry to cut you off. We keep cutting each other off. Like that is uh, that, that's significantly higher than like my argument, right? Of the flu. Like I've been talking about the flu. Now many people die from the flu every day. Uh, it, it sounds like the mortality rate is significantly higher with this uh, coronavirus. The mortality, yeah, approximately six times higher. Wow. Mortality rate on flu is one half of one percent, give mm -hmm. or take. Corona's three. Uh, hey, that's, that's the scary. close given. I mean, I, that that sounds minuscule, but like think about that, like you have a 3% chance of dying just because you caught an illness like that. that well, let's put it this way. 100 people. Uh, let's put it this way. Another stack came out and we're going to London here in three weeks for mm. the UFC. An article came out today that they predict that 20% of the UK workforce will be infected with the coronavirus. 20%? Now that means 20%. That's huge numbers. Yeah. Huge. Now, again, I don't know how they're coming about this, how they're figuring this out, but that was the quote I got this morning. Iran has 2,336 cases. Avoid travel to Iran. I well, was not like I was thinking of spending a I, summer vacation there. I, but I don't know if Americans 77 can, people have died. Yeah, I don't know if Americans can just go over to Iran. Period. No, I know. Well, they could run over to Iran. Ah, oh, just kidding. Okay, here we go. So now, uh, Japan, eight people have died. France, which recently has uh, publicized numbers, 979 people there, 204 cases, excuse me, four cases there uh, as a result now have died. Germany, 196, Spain, 153, Singapore, 110, and in the United States, 108, with eight people now have died in the United States. But it is all in that one area of the Washington area around the um, medical facility that they're talking about that the outbreak has occurred. And um, that's the that's the update there. But here I got some other stuff here I wanted to mention. Mm. Bear with me here while I go over my notes. Uh, the U.S. company, right? Mask. We talked about masks. Right now, I was just with the doctor this morning, and he said, "Yes, the masks are known not to help. They still can, if you're on a plane, help with maybe some droplets in the air potentially, but they're not a guarantee. Right. The biggest guarantee to avoid this, as we know, is to wash your hands multiple times a day. Do not touch your face. Wash your hands for 20 seconds to 30 seconds minimum, right. and do not touch your face, your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Right. Do not. Now, when you go into an airport." 
What to you is the grossest part of the airport without going through? I'll tell you what it is. When we go through security. People. People. But when we go through security in those ridiculously, horrifically dirty trays, you got to check in through security. You got to touch them. I'm telling everybody, you go through security, go right to the bathroom and wash your hands. They they may as well be uh, Petri dishes. Totally. Well, right now we're all walking Petri dishes with the situation. I'm not trying to strike fear in you. I'm only talking fact. Now, this is what it's affecting on the economy. We all know that the market tanked over 3000 points last week, came up 1300 yesterday, went down some today. I do believe and I've, I've, I've already frozen a lot of assets I have in the in the market. I don't want to play the market right now. I think it's too vol- volatile. Uh, um, that's your own personal choice. But economies are being hit. The Chinese economy, obviously God knows what's going to happen with that being turned upside down. Other things are going to happen in the future. The next seven days to two weeks, I think is going to be a lot of telltale signs, economically speaking, medically speaking, infectionary speaking, infection, I don't know if that's a word, infection speaking, as we realize the spread. But here's an example of economics. A U.S. company, right, amongst these fields, uh, fears, they make, they're the, they make millions distributing the face masks, in uh, the United States, they had orders for 67 million mask orders. Now people are saying stop ordering masks because yeah. if you order masks, the people that really need them in the medical facilities and yep. the hospitals, they're going to have a hard time getting the masks. Yeah. So my wife, where they really uh, my wife, Bruce, works for a company that deals with uh, a ton of products and they actually straight up denied some sales. Uh, to people that were coming to them that weren't regular customers. If you do do business with our company, uh, you essentially have to have like a long uh, rapport with them. It's it's not like you're going to just, uh, you know, enter their facility or, you know, go on their website and purchase an order and, you know, it's going to be a one-off thing. It's something that you usually set up an account and they do, you know, big invoices for, but they've had to deny people um, these masks. I think they're called respirators. Um, and, and like, I thought that when you had a respirator, it was one of those like medical devices that like breathes for you that yes, that is yeah. a respirator, but that's not what these, uh, necessarily are. Um, but they had to basically say, you know, we can't sell you these simply because other people that actually need them are, are not going to be able to buy them. Cause you're trying to buy, you know, 70% of our stock. Oh, by the way, uh, these masks actually won't keep you well or protect you fully from, you know, the, the coronavirus. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how volatile, I mean, you talk about the market, it's funny how people will just all of a sudden start spending on things that are absolutely unnecessary because they feel like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This, this will help me, you know, uh, beat this if, if I get exposed to it. And it's just not the case. In relation to the mass and the situation you're talking about, the same thing has now been brought up about handy wipes in stores are starting right. to disappear off the shelves. Another thing I was talking to uh, caregivers today about was rubber gloves. Gloves, you know, stock up on rubber gloves because who knows that there could be an issue with there. These hospitals need all this stuff. Mm. Right now, here's some things that just came out. The World Health Organization says the outbreak has reached the highest level of risk for the world. That's This is the World Health Organization has said it has reached the highest level, not on its way, it's reached it. The director general is warning it can go in any direction. New York state has now just reported its first case of coronavirus that they know of. President Trump has announced uh, coronavirus screening procedures for people coming into the country. Um, Obviously these have to be put in place. This is the tip of the iceberg. I'm sorry, TJ, you know, I am an optimist. I am not a pessimist, but but I am a, no, I'm not, I'm a realist. Right. I'm a realist. All right. So, so that's mean, what I, we're talking about. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know. Here's how another, here, go ahead. Go. Here's another thing. Companies, this is where economies are going to get hit. They're worried about events. The NBA has just adopted a fist bump only, not rule. This is what they're putting out there. Don't shake hands. Fist bump only. UFC fans, you know that when I'm at shows, I take every picture. I shake every hand. I do everything. Don't right. be surprised if now it's going to be a fist bump or I'm going to be practicing the elbow. Okay? And I don't mean to your head. I mean the elbow Come touch. Come on, okay? Buffer. You're really going <laughs> to elbow people? No, I'm not going to elbow. I'll save that for a real fight. I'm going to I'm gonna fist bump. Right. I'm, not, I'm just I mean, not going to shake hands. I'm not opposed I, to that, I, especially I, because you're stuck out there for hours. It's not like you can just go wash your hands whenever you want to and – you know, let's be honest. I'm lucky to go to the bathroom once or twice in eight hours. Right. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Like my, my whole situation is this though. Like 
the NBA, you said, has this rule. Are, are they talking about uh, with one another, like with teammates, or is it like with fans, or wh where does this come into? Because like if, if you are literally not allowed to shake someone's hand, this has gone too far. Like I understand this is a real problem, but we're, we're talking about a, a small amount of people in, in a world of 8 billion plus have been affected by this we shouldn't change the way that we communicate and interact with one another. Like, I feel like that is uh, letting fear mongering win. Like we need to calm down a little bit with that. Basically the NBA is working to do whatever they can do as I'm sure every sports organization is because event atmospheres like UFC are Petri dish full of even the normal flu here in the United States versus the potential for the coronavirus. Okay. So, with the uh, situation with all the cases reported uh, worldwide, the NBA is working with what they call the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and sure. other experts to figure out a strategy. So they're, they're what they say is they're, they're coordinating with their teams and consulting with the CDC and infectious disease specialists on how to monitor and continue to do it, uh, uh, monitor the situation closely. The league is really worried about pre-draft workouts, international scouting events being limited and canceled due to coronavirus. The NBA does not plan to cancel any games or travel due to the disease or other league events, but this is a recommendation they're putting forward to their players, as I'm sure others are too, and I think it's a good recommendation. Right, but again, you, you, know, you really haven't answered the question, though, and I don't know if it's in the article. Is this with one another or is this with fans? Because if just, you're not allowed to shake hands, but if you're not allowed to shake hands, like, but you're still allowed to box someone out, like that seems ridiculous. Like we don't want hand-to-hand -hand contact, but sure, absolutely, like sweat all over each other and play basketball, no problem there. The memo suggests that fist bump fans instead of shaking hands. Okay, so that's fans, how they put it. fans, and they say yeah, and they say as well as avoiding sharing pens, balls jerseys and other items during autograph signings with fans according to the espn report yeah how, how do you yeah. not share pens or or i mean or balls like i assume you're signing the same there, ball or handing the ball back to people the doctor i had a talk with earlier today told me the bottom line is once you wash your hands if you touch something in the area of what we're discussing and this is going to get howard hughes fanatical wash your hands again and do not, do not, do not touch your face. Okay, not just for corona, but for the regular flu. That's right. all I'm saying. I mean, I, yes, I, it, it just seems a little ridiculous, a little overboard. Because like, I mean, okay, so we're not allowed to touch people's hands. Should that mean not, that not we... Not that you're not allowed. You fine, can, fine. You can but, do whatever you want. But what I'm saying, should we not allow people to, like, cook our food? Is eating out no longer a viable option? Like, where does the line know. get drawn? I mean, you know what I mean? Well... Think I'm going to continue this. my life the way that I've lived it for 36 years in this planet. Um, maybe I'll be a little bit I'm more diligent wa about washing my hands, but for the most part, like, we can't sit here and be like, I'm never going to shake anyone's hand. I'm just going to fist bump, and, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's, that's fine. It's just a little weird that all of a sudden uh, a strain of an illness is going around and we're going to completely change the way that we act as a society. People are reacting very strongly. They could be overreacting. They could be underreacting. But you know what? We can answer that question in about two months, and we'll see what's happening. Let's see what ha see what right. happens when summer comes with all these predictions. What? Right now, I'm just going over. I'm just discussing what everybody's fearful of, right. what I'm even fearful of myself. And I'm not going to stop shaking hands with people I know. But at group events and out with the fans, yes, I'm fist bumping. All right, how about this? Plus 350 odds, the Olympics will be canceled. Would you take that bet at plus 350? I'd probably bet a lot on it. I think the Olympics, really? unless something really changes, I think the Olympics will be canceled. Because heard, they're scheduled for Japan, right? Right. I've heard without a, a doubt they will not be canceled. But I hope not. I really do. I mean, it's such a great worldwide, you know, it's just an incredible event to bring all the countries together. But yeah. I think if anything, they may cancel it in Japan. I don't know how they could reroute it somewhere oh, else on such can. short notice. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. you could. Where was the last uh, Olympics held? Brazil? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you probably can't just go back there and say, hey, are all your facilities no. still in great you know, condition for us to come <laughs> back? Um, I, I don't no. know. I don't know. I wonder. I mean, yeah. if, a if anybody were to be able to pull off like a quick turnaround and just get the Olympics uh, on a few months uh, notice maybe the UAE because they're so good at, at building things and, and moving 
incredibly quickly. And I know that would probably draw the ire of a lot of people. But if, if anyone was going to be able to try to host the Olympics on just, what, six, seven months notice, you know, maybe maybe someone over there. I have been to the UAE many times. Summer Olympics in the UAE. I just did a show there with the UFC how many months ago, and we were all dying from the heat. Right. I'd I'm, hate to see I mean, the athletes go through that. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It, but, I mean, it's not like we haven't had the Olympics in incredibly hot places in the past. Well, again, time will tell. All we're doing here is sitting and speculating, but people be aware. Again, the main gist of this thing is wash your hands, live your life normal, but just uh, be aware. That's all. This episode okay, of It's Time Radio is brought to you by Purell. Yeah, well, now here's another thing. Get this. Purell, mm -hmm. which I carry all the time, too, especially at shows, if you overuse Purell, Purell it makes your hands become more porous 100%. and more susceptible to a lower immunity system where you can get sick. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You have to be exposed to certain amounts of germs. Otherwise, your body just doesn't adapt and uh, you'll get sick all the time. It's uh, like every single time that I've brought my son to a new daycare facility, we all get sick. Like no matter what, we're all getting sick. Uh, same thing when he started school. Uh, happened when he, he went to uh, uh, swimming lessons for the first time. That was bad, Bruce. I got something called the, the norovirus. Probably oh, the, yeah, the worst I've ever felt in my entire life. Like I, I legit thought, hmm, maybe I need to go to the hospital because this is not okay. Well, let's get off, and I'm glad you're better now, but let's get off this subject. Years ago, Everybody just yeah. be aware. Yeah. Well, you were just sick recently. I think you got the flu this year, didn't you? Uh, yeah. So I'm, for whatever reason, I do. Do you get a flu shot, TJ? Do you yeah, get a flu every shot? Year, every year. It's free through my wife's work. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's wow. so much the flu. Um, I, uh, I don't know if you experience this, but as I get older, um, now 36, uh, I've noticed that my, uh, stomach is, is starting to, uh, react different ways to certain foods. It's very difficult for me to eat, uh, completely raw vegetables. I get a bad stomach ache if I eat, uh, like carrots, like a lot of carrots. Um, one, mm -hmm. another thing that I've noticed too, since moving to California, I'm starting to get it now. Um, I'm very susceptible to allergies. I've never been uh, one to have allergies, uh, you know, growing up uh, all 30 years that I lived in Minnesota was never someone that was reaching for the Claritin. Uh, but now out here in California and, and maybe I'm just associating it with the new, you know, ecosystem and, and surrounding as, as allergies, but maybe it's also just my body changing and I'm, you know, having a harder time with things like pollen than I have in the past. But yeah, I, I get allergies now, uh, generally every October and, uh, right around March or April. Yeah, I, I've never been an issue for me, so I really can't say. I don't know. I, I knock on wood, I'm pretty much healthy all the time. I am healthy pretty much all the time. And I'm knocking on wood because when you say something like that, right. something could happen. You're tempting so. fate, right? All right let, I never win the yeah, lottery. Well, never, ever win the lottery. There you go. Win the lottery next week. I think you got to play to win right. the lottery, though, unfortunately. Yes, you do. You have to. Right. All right, let's move on. Okay, now, uh, last week we had the UFC in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, excellent show, you know, exciting show all the way through. The big fight that everybody talked about was the Iwan Kudalaba fight against Magomed Ankalaev. And yeah, I mean, Bob, I, I told production every. I thought you were to clothesline somebody. Uh, it was close. Um, <laughs> because <you're... laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Well, here's the thing. You did, I've no, never, no, I, it's okay. I've never hey. heard you not finish an introduction before in my life. Well. If you remember the past times when I have introduced Ewan, mm -hmm. right, who I like, he's, he's, he's a cool cat in the back, but he gets crazy when he gets on stage, okay? Right. So I tell production, my producer, I tell the referee, I said, look, when I start announcing him, at some point he is going to walk all the way across the octagon because I have had to actually physically step in between him and another fighter, if you remember, when they got like this close, right, and I just got in the middle, pushed Ewan away as, oh. as I'm announcing him. You know, just back, back, Ewan. That stopped that. Another time, I got in front of him and stopped him, and I said, he's going to do this. So when I was announcing him, I got farther in the announcement where he did not move than any other announcement I made previous, and I thought, oh, he's going to stay in his corner. But I think he timed me. I think Ewan played me a little bit, got around me, went around the side. You can see on the video, I'm, my head jerks as I'm saying his last name. I can't get over there in time because i got to finish my announcement. Otherwise, I would have jumped over there. And I told referee Kevin McDonald, I said, Kevin, I'll take care of it if he does. 
And Kevin, after the fight, we're on the way back to the hotel, and he goes, uh, Bruce, good job. I said, hey, oh, man. he got past me, man. He got past me. I didn't expect that. It's not my job, but you know well, me. I, I I try to in, enforce and keep everything calm in the octagon during these fights. Even if you told before, Kevin McDonald before that? Before the fights. Before the, even if you called, told Kevin McDonald that, where were the inspectors? There's plenty of people in the octagon. Like, I, I have no many, idea how he got that close to where, you know, and, and credit to Ankali for, you know, getting – uh, underhooks and not doing anything bad. Like he, he was really cerebral in that, uh, that moment. Yes, he was. And, uh, actually it was, uh, uncle live that underhooked Ewan and threw him back to the cage. Correct. Yeah, exactly. I I'm sorry. I missed that. So that calmed down, but let's face it. This was going to be a great fight and it was a great fight. all respect to Kevin McDonald. Who's a Kevin McDonald is a fine referee, mm. very fine referee. Do you feel it was stopped short? Yeah. But here's the thing that I yeah, liked it, about Kevin McDonald in that moment. First off, Kutalaba looked not well. Like, he looked like he was hurt. No doubt about it. Was he playing possum? I don't know. Um, I, I have a problem with the stoppage mainly because, A, I don't think Kutalaba took too much damage. Um, no unnecessary damage. And at no time was he ever unintelligently defending himself which those are the right. two criteria for a referee stepping in. One thing that I loved about Kevin McDonald's stoppage was he owned it. He didn't try to oh, yeah. make up for it and, and jump back. Like, once he stepped in, I think he knew more than anybody, look, I'm making a mistake right now, but he owned it because things can turn out significantly worse if you try to make good on it where you touch the fighter and go, oh, wait, no, I'm not stopping it. Engage, go. You know what I mean? And... uh I don't know. It's a fine line. You got to do what you can to make sure that these fighters, you know, don't take unnecessary damage. You're not going to be perfect. It's impossible. Um, I think that was the case here. But I, I did enjoy the fact that Kevin McDonald, you know, stuck by his guns, even though he probably knew that he made a mistake. Yeah, no, he stuck by his guns. We discussed it when I was at the Octagon, and he had mentioned something to the effect that he saw Kudalabra's eyes three times during that moment of the fight was happening, like that weren't there. He made his he sure. made his decision. The referee's job is to keep these fighters safe. What's done was done. What's a shame is this fight was probably going to be a major pier six skill brawl. They probably would have both gotten a bonus considering right. how that thing started out. Hey. They lost that on that. And, and now you know, they can do it as a co-main event, event, Buff. Yeah, they'll I think we all want to see this fight again. Right. No and, question. And the other fight I want to talk about. Just real quick, the prominence of that fight is, is going to be magnified tenfold. Like, it was, you know, one under the co-main event on this card I have a hard time thinking that uh, Uncle Live and, and Kutalaba won't uh, fight in probably in that main event or co-main event spot on a FS or not FS1 ESPN Plus card. Yeah, yeah, on a USC fight night, I absolutely agree. I think it'd be a great <clears throat> main event. Speaking of main events, Joseph Benavides and Davison Figueredo. Um, wow, Davison's a monster. He is a monster. Hundred and twenty-seven point you know, five pound monster. I would love to see him fight Henry Cejudo. I'd love to at see that fight at Bantamweight if they or at flyweight. You know, either he, one. Because he fought Joseph Benavides as a bantamweight on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in the bantamweight division because he's overweight. Well, you know what? If that's the case and they want to fight at bantamweight, yeah, I'd like to see him fight Figueroa at bantamweight. I'd like to see him fight at flyweight. I just would enjoy seeing them both fight. I mean, these are two highly skilled fighters. Very impressive, Figueredo. Benavides is a great fighter. This guy is very highly skilled. Yeah. Just tough beat. This I mean, is the, this is the hurt game, folks. Un unfortunately, his legacy is always going to be lined in silver because he pretty much has been second best in his division for his entire career. Um, it's unfortunate. I hope the flyweight division continues and, and moves forward. Like, what we were going to see on, on Saturday was uh, a lot about this flyweight division moving on after, you know, obviously Demetrius Johnson is gone. Henry Cejudo wasn't interested in in defending that title uh, really for whatever reason. He wants to fight it at Bantamweight and fight Jose Aldo. Um, you know, with, right. with Benavidez and, and Figueredo fighting, like I thought, okay, we're going to get a, a, a solid champion. The the rankings are going to sort of build themselves up and, and we'll have some contenders in short order. And uh, 125 is here to stay. And now I feel the same way that I did following UFC 41. And that was when BJ Penn met Caro Uno in a tournament for the 155-pound title. Uh, it was ruled a draw, mm -hmm. inexplicably. Uh, I thought that BJ Penn definitely should have won that fight. And uh, we didn't see another uh, 
lightweight champion crowned until, I mean, that fight took place in 2003. We didn't see another lightweight champion crowned until like 2006. Uh, the division was essentially removed from the UFC. And uh, think about that, like 155 pounds for is probably the most talent-rich division in all of mixed martial arts. And at once one time, it was not even one that we could, you know, build and promote inside the UFC. I hope that's not the same uh, for the flyweight division. Grand Lightweight came back and, and is a powerhouse today, but I would hate to see the uh, flyweights uh, be sent out to, to exile and pasture. I hope not either. We will see. But there's such a, you know, it, then versus now, the deep bench, not deep bench and flyweight. Let's just hope it does stay around. You know, they can be very exciting fights like we saw. Yeah. Megan Anderson, Felicia Spencer, who gets a man in this? Wow. I mean, I think the question is, is this a sport where opportunities are earned based on merit? Because if that's the case, how do you not give it to Felicia Spencer? She owns a win over Megan Anderson. That fight was not even a year ago. Uh, it'd be very hard to run it back. I think it was a very dominant uh, fight for Felicia Spencer. Um, but at the same time, like I think if you ask most people... Like, if you have the keys to the UFC and you get to make the picks, I, I think a lot of people are going to pick Megan Anderson to fight Amanda Nunes. On paper, it's a very exciting fight. I'd love to see how uh, Amanda deals with someone like Megan. Not many featherweights uh, on the planet have ever fought someone quite like Megan Anderson. You know, over six feet tall, you know, cuts cuts a, a lot of weight to make 145 pounds. Like, th there's no question that Megan Anderson is a 145-pounder. She's not dropping down to bantamweight for anything. You could give her all the money on the planet. She she just can't make that weight. It'd be interesting to see her fight Amanda Nunes. Felicia Spencer, though, on paper buff, I have a hard time thinking she isn't the one that has definitely uh, earned it. And uh, I don't know. I, she fought Cyborg, so it's like she had a high-profile fight that she fell short in. Uh, but it was uh, an impressive outing by Spencer to go mm -hmm. As long as she did, I think she went the distance with uh, with Cyborg. Uh, I I'm looking at Felicia Spencer as the one that, on paper, based on her accomplishments, even though she did lose uh, her last fight previously uh, to, to Cyborg uh, before Saturday night, she probably deserves it. But if Megan Anderson gets the call, uh, I mean, you can't be too upset about it. Megan's a beast. It's up to the powers that be. So, uh, Sean Shelby, we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, I, I'd be happy with either one. They right. both, they both shine that night and it would be a hell of a fight hey, with Amanda's. I, I, think, I, think Amanda it, Nunes. I think it's great because right now you have two real solid contenders. You know what I mean? Like have, have Felicia yeah. fight or have Megan fight and the winner is going to get the one who didn't get the title fight. Um, you know, t talking about a division that needs to be built up. Like you can't say that more for any other division other than 145 pounds and, you know, at the end of the day, maybe you don't have a lot of contenders outside of those two ladies, but you have two contenders. I mean, in a division that is, you know, shallow, to have two contenders is, is a great thing. So hopefully, you know, the, the UFC can invest in getting more, you know, up-and-coming talent at 145 pounds. But right now you have two number one contenders, and I would just let them fight for the title and back-to-back -back opportunities. We will see. We'll find out soon enough. Let's go into UFC 248. This weekend, T-Mobile Center, uh, Mobile Arena, excuse me, in Las Vegas. Very exciting uh, night of action. We're sitting here. We've got 12 fights on the card. Um, Sean O'Malley's back. He's going to fight Jose Quinones. Uh, that's going to be uh, very interesting to see Sean O'Malley coming back. And, and that's a good fight. That's a very, very good fight. Uh, Gerald Mearshart, Darren Wynn. I'll go through this. Very lot of top really good fights. But let's get in the main card. Card. you got Alex Oliveira fighting Max Griffin. Good one. Li Jing Liang. Neil Magny, always a pleasure to see both those guys go in the octagon. Uh, Benil Darush and Jakar Close, that's going to be a skilled fight right there. But we get into um, <laughs> Wally and Ioannis and Jacek in the uh, Strawweight Championship. This, I can't wait for this, TJ. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be awesome. It's going to be a fantastic fight. Um, I'm really curious to see how uh, Zhang, you know, defends her title uh, for the first time. Huge win last year. Um, Ioana, I mean... What can you say? Right now, you want him maybe uh, the the best fighter at at strawweight in its young history in the UFC. Um, you know, she's she's gonna obviously try to recapture that crown. I have a hard time though, Bruce, thinking that this fight goes the distance. I, I really think that this is going to be a fight 
where if it gets to the fourth round, it's there for the taking. I mean, yeah, it could go 25 minutes for sure. Two very talented fighters, but it's, if it goes 25 minutes, yeah, if it goes 25 minutes, it's going to be 25 minutes of nonstop action. These these both they both come to brawl. They're both highly right. skilled, and that's why I don't think definitely. It go that like long. I said, looking forward to. You know, no, I I don't I I honestly don't know if this fight's going to go five rounds, but we'll see. Look. We're all guessing. We'll Either see what happens. Way, I mean, is, if, if it's if if there's a stoppage, it's going to be like, oh man, yeah, what a war, awesome. If it goes five rounds, like they may both be headed for a emergency room to get some treatment because they're they're going to bring it. Yep. Well, let's hope that they don't have to go that route. But we'll look forward to an exciting fight. Israel Adesanya, Yoel Romero. Oh my God. Yoel Romero at 40, 41 or forty two years old, saying he'd like to fight ten more years. Darren Till being quoted this morning as he would not want to fight Yoel Romero, and I think he called him a beast. Um, he is a beast, Israel Adesanya. Does anybody besides Israel Adesanya want to fight Yoel Romero? Because like I don't think a lot of people would sign up to fight that man. Well, Israel did. We will see what happens Saturday night. The UFC middleweight championship bout is on the line. Hell of a card. Well, how Pay per view, quick, ESPN. Real, real quick, how awesome of a champion is Israel Adesanya for going, you know what? Look, I want to fight Yoel Romero. I think this guy is an absolute stud. And, and he said that he wants to do it now rather than later because he, he feels like there's an expiration date on that fight for whatever reason. And obviously, I mean, Yoel Romero can say he wants to fight for another 10 years, and, and maybe he's the guy that can fight into his 50s in the UFC. If anybody could do it, right. it probably would be Yoel Romero. But Israel Adesanya wants to make sure that he stands in front of this man when a, lo a lot of people feel that he's still uh, in his prime. Uh, I hope Romero's hey. weight cut goes well, but uh, this is this is a fight, Bruce. Where again, I'm not I'm not saying that anybody should tell the UFC this, but I'd pay a lot more than the, the seventy dollars uh, required on ESPN Plus for me to watch this fight. I'm with you, but you know what? Kudos to Israel being a champion and saying, "Hey, I'll take on our comers. I want this guy." Good for him. We'll see what happens Saturday night. Exciting show, folks. Prelims on UFC Fight Pass, prelims on ESPN Normal Channel, ESPN, yep. and the main card, of course, on pay-per-view. I will see you from the Octagon on Saturday from Vegas. Big fight feel, um, right? Let's go into some you, you, do you feel it? Like, oh, I it's feel a like big this fight is a really, like, I mean, it's not like an international fight week type of uh, week where no, you know, there's fight. expos and things like that. But, Bruce, I mean, this is this is probably one of the, the biggest uh, fight cards of the year on paper, obviously, next to, you know, say, Conor McGregor and, and Donald Cerrone. But, like, I, I have that, that vibe that this is one of those... Hell yeah, let's go to Vegas and see one of the best fights on, on the planet. I'm looking forward to a hopeful sold-out event, and we will see when we get there. I'm going in on Thursday. The uh, Mint 400 off-road race is in Vegas. I'll be doing an event in Vegas on Thursday for the Mint 400 off-road race. Then the races happen, of which Cowboy Cerrone and Brian Ortega are driving in one of the races, not the main race. Yeah, That's Very crazy. Cool. Awesome. Cool. I mean, you know, if, if anybody's going to do something that causes the adrenaline to spike, it's going to be Donald Cerrone. But, uh, yeah, that'll be cool. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're going to see some of the uh, the racing action, if you will. Maybe not that race in particular, but uh, no. you know, being involved in one way or another. Well, I was involved uh, two years ago. I announced the main race, and I did that. They called me back. I actually have a chance to race in the race like Brian and Don't Cowboy do are doing. No, I would do it. I just have oh. to do one other race down in Baja, California to train, and they're going to let me know later this year if I can do that race and, and train down there because you got you got to get in the car. And if I do well in that, if I have the time to do it, then yeah, if they offer me a chance to dance to do what Cowboy and uh, Brian Ortega are doing, I would do it in a heartbeat. Are, are you someone who can drive a stick pretty well? Yeah, I'm a good driver. I can drive. I'm I, I think I'm a I'm, good driver. I'm amazing. I mean, everyone thinks they're a good driver. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a very... I, I'm a very offensive driver I and defensive at the same time. Steve McQueen, when he was alive, he told me when there's an accident or something that's going to happen, drive through it. Don't wait for it to happen. Uh, I get complaints from some of my family members on how I drive once in a drive while. Drive through it. Uh, you can't drive, drive through, through it. it. Punch it, baby. That was his line. Punch it, baby. Okay, crunch let's it. go into a crunch couple of more like, you know, Real quick, real quick. Punch it. Hey, punch yeah, the pedal. Punch yeah, the crunch pedal. it. Crunch it, maybe, when you hit something. Um, what I'm saying is I've never heard the term offensive driver before. Like, I've heard defensive driver, but offensive fighter uh, or driver, I've never really heard that one before. And then the first time you said it, Bruce, I thought you said offensive fighter or, or driver. Sorry. Offensive. Uh, offensive. So, like, what, what, you're offending people while driving? Like, that's terrifying. No, 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 no. Offense. Move forward. Move forward. All right. Moving forward on this one. We talk about this all the time. They find a bomb. They find this. They 
World War II, you know, one was recently in London. They found, again, they had to evacuate a certain area. But get this, an entire Swiss village uh, must evacuate due to a World War II, not bomb, but an entire ammo dump that they found. It could possibly take up to 10 years to clean this dump, and they want everybody to evacuate and leave the Swiss village of Mitholz Bruce, to go do, find new homes so they can clean it up. Do we know who left this stuff there? Was it was it the Allied forces? Was it the Axis forces? Because like someone did a terrible job at remembering where all this crap was. Well, it was a Swiss official. Sw- say that fast. Swiss officials. No, thank okay. you. Swiss officials. It was a weapon. It was Swiss official. According to Swiss officials, it was a weapon stockpile. They don't say who it was. I obviously don't think it was the Swiss, right? Uh, peaceful country that they're known to be. But in 1947, about 7,000 tons of explosives were detonated in this underground depot. Okay, killing nine people and causing heavy damage to the village. Part of the facility was rebuilt, and and for decades, ever since then, they all thought it was safe. Right. So then the Swiss Army goes in later to store pharmaceutical supplies, and after they did a risk assessment, which they did in 2018, they found that this depot is more dangerous than they originally thought, and they estimate there's still 3,500 tons of ammunition still there. Okay, only 170 people live in this village. It's not like it's thousands, right? But they're still all going to have to leave as they clean this up. I think the entire cleanup could cost one billion plus dollars. Wow. A lot of the explosives are buried in unstable rock, which has to be removed in layers. And if it's not removed safely, okay, then they will probably cover the area with rock to bury to bury and cover the ammunition. All right. That's I've, where they're at. I've got a, I've got a really good dad conspiracy. You ready? Go ahead. So we know that the Swiss are very neutral, right? Like they're the neutral country on the planet. Yeah, as neutral as it gets. Is it yeah. possible that they became that way because they stockpiled all their ammunitions in this one place and they couldn't find it anymore and that's why they became neutral because we all know that the best weapon that the Swiss has is their army knife. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Thanks for the courtesy. <laughs> what can I tell you? I'm reaching. I'm reaching. There you go. You're reaching. All right. Speaking of reaching, LSD has been around since the 60s when it became popular, you know, right. was back then, blah, blah, blah. Um, Lacerda is the proper medical term for it. Uh, there's a pharmaceutical company called Sandoz in Holland, which used to make it pharmaceutical. They've done lots of tests on it. But here's the thing. They're finding now that psycho, whatever the term is, drugs, you know, like LSD, like psychoactive, like psilocybin mushrooms, are having positive effects on people on people battling depression and anxiety whatsoever. So get this. Drug overdoses can be life-threatening. We all know that, right? This 46-year-old woman snorted a staggering amount of LSD. She snorted 550 Wait. times the normal recreational dose of LSD. You can snort LSD? She, Oh yeah, you can snort LSD. You can snort mescaline. You can snort LSD. What it's all LSD about getting into this. Like I thought. I so again, I'm not very smart about drugs. I there's I, been it's been a, they make LSD on blotters. They put it in little pieces of paper. Right, people right. use to take Sandoz Pharmaceuticals. It's in a pill. Sure. In this case, but however, it, it was made. She snorted it. But is it generally a powder or is it a liquid? I don't take LSD. All I've known is that the blot <laughs> form was the base form. Sure. And I know that when it's pharmaceutical, it's in a tablet. So but, your but, guess is as good as mine. Thanks for letting me know you don't take LSD. I didn't know. No, I, I didn't know you didn't take LSD. No, I know that well, you here's don't what take happened. LSD, here's- Bruce. But like, I know that you gotta like melt heroin and put it in a needle. You know. I, again, I'm telling you, the popular way it was taken because I saw LSD as a kid. It was sure. all over the place. It was blotter, piece of paper, Bl- drop on it, blotter, you put said? it on your tongue. Blotter, a blotter, like okay. you take a piece of paper and you, you simply take a blotter piece like this. You drop the LSD on the thing. Bruce That's called Buffer. blotter. That's- Bruce Buffer just did LSD on his podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I'm just, it's, I it's, know, I've Bruce. seen so many over the years. It's, it's just, it, it's sure. I've seen it in my personal life. When I was a teenager, I saw it. 20, just not something that I was into. No, I hear okay. you. Uh, Skype, uh, I think. Remember, is gotta on. remember, I was raised during the days of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Sure. So, 
Well, I know, mean, I, I don't know if sex, say. drugs, and rock and roll ever took a hit in popularity, um, but I think Skype might be on LSD today because it is it is killing well, you today. I'm sorry. Well, let me let me finish this story, okay? I've uh, we've got a, I've got about ten more minutes minutes for our wonderful show here. Um, basically, she took. And then she noticed when she survived her, God knows what kind of a trip that was, she found the pain she suffered since her 20s was dramatically reduced. <laughs> so that another cure, another thing they're finding. What they're finding is conditions such as addiction, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and anxiety. They're a test on this, TJ. And as we know, psilocybic mushrooms, which have now become legal in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, um, there's talk about it here in California, right? And real, you know, real they quick. have an Amsterdam. What I've learned about LSD or, or sorry, mushrooms in uh, Colorado is uh, they're not legal per se. Like you can't go into the store and buy them, but you're able to grow your own at home. So it's like uh, you can take them, ingest them, and grow them uh, for personal use. And what you were saying, really? what's that? That surprised me because I thought they grew underneath cow flops. Correct. But you can also grow them like at home. Like, again, wow. you can grow them under the, that stuff if you want. Like, I'm pretty sure you need to have some manure of some sort to, to actually grow uh, these things. But they, they can give you the spores and you're not uh, violating any uh, laws uh, in, in growing it at home. Um, but like you said, and there, there's a big movement um, to get studies done because uh, you can't do a study on the effects of uh, psilocybin um, for beneficial use when it's an illegal drug. So you can't get an FDA-approved uh, research uh, done or taken seriously uh, while it's you know federally uh, illegal. Um, with that said, though, there's a lot of uh, belief in the scientific community that people with PTSD or, as you mentioned, depression, or even if you've had a, a brain injury to where you know the, the brain cells are dead, um, there's some science that is uh, showing actual brain regeneration with uh, microdosing uh, of these uh, psychoactive uh, stimulants and things like that. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I hope that we can, you know, do something to where we can actually get the studies done and, you know, everything's on the the up and up because as we've learned over the last, I think, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, there are a, a lot of things, uh, you know, that you know, have been illegal or illegal and um, criminalized. If we, you know, decriminalize them to a certain extent and do the right sort of science and take the proper steps necessary, I think you're going to find that a lot of drugs that, you know, come from the ground that are, you know, natural, if you will, have a lot of beneficial properties uh, to, to things like this. Well, as being proven by what we're talking about. So we'll see how it goes forward. And, you know, the, the basic thing is, I forget what the quote is we only use five percent of our brain and these expand our brain to use more so it stands to reason when you think about it but let's see how all these tests and everything comes out for the future right have you god ever, knows uh, if they can find something teacher let me finish god knows that they can find something to help battle the depression and the anxiety which are serious issues that people go through it would be really great for those people because that's that's like being in jail within yourself from right. what i've seen have you seen uh, the joe rogan bit where he uh talks about the growth of the human brain and there's like a uh there's like a graphic that you can see where there's an explosion in the uh, evolutionary process of, of human beings um, in, in the brain activity uh, right around the same period that uh, psychoactive mushrooms were being discovered. There's a lot of belief that human beings are as intelligent as we are because of these mushrooms and, and what they've done to us over time. Yeah, I, I can't deny that. I can totally see the plausibility behind the whole thing. Let's go into stupid is and stupid does. Our stupid is and stupid does story is actually quite tragic. Uh, last year, a St. Louis police officer pleaded guilty. This is so stupid. I, I don't understand how trained officers can do this, but it happened. Uh, pleaded guilty to accidentally killing a female colleague at his home last year. And you know how they did it, TJ? Roulette. What, what is that? You, you cut out terrible. Uh, roulette? Okay. Roulette. They were playing Russian roulette with their pistols. The police? Yeah, two police officers. He Why? and my colleague were at his home. He pleaded guilty as part. He will get seven years in prison for fatally shooting fellow St. Louis police officer, Caitlin Alex. He pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter and first degree in, armed criminal in, an, in an armed criminal situation. This happened in January of last year. It's finally gone to trial. How is it involuntary? You pointed a gun at your coworker and pulled the trigger. 
That's pretty damn voluntary. Well, yeah. Yeah, stupid. Don't, stupid don't you need a, a revolver guys. to do uh, Russian roulette? Yes. Do police officers Yes, that's what they get, use. Right. Do police officers... Yes. Do police officers... Yes. Do police officers still carry revolvers? There are... My guess is this. The answer is yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's up to your own discretion, but certain police departments, like possibly LAPD, require you either carry a Beretta 92F or you carry a Glock 9. Okay? So, again, this is St. Louis. But are those revolvers? Those are revolvers, is. right? No, those are automatic weapons, semi-automatic okay, pistols. Yeah, yeah. A revolver is a six-shot revolver. But I see, I, yeah, when I'm traveling in different cities, I see revolvers on police all the time. Really? I it all depends idea. on what the city, yeah. Yeah, it all depends on what the city, if the city says, no, we want you to carry 16 in the in the mag and in the chamber, loaded, your weapon ready to go, you need a Glock, you need a Beretta. So hmm. it all depends on the individual city. But in this case, stupid act created a horrific outcome, and now he's going to prison and she's dead. Horrible. Well, he should go to prison. I just can't understand how. Ridiculous. Yeah, I can't understand how trained police officers can can do something like that. You know, in sports, there was a big signing this week. Tony Romo, um, the yeah. average quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady was making eight million a year, if not mistaken. How much? He now he's out. a free agent. Seven. This is horrible. That's the case. The elect. By the way, guys, I'm sorry about this. The electricity in my whole neighborhood yeah. and for miles away went out. That might have an effect on my system today. So I apologize yeah, if I'm not coming through clearly. Okay, so. With that being said, Tom Brady was making $17 million, give or take, a season. God knows what he's going to get as a free agent. But Tony Romo just signed with CBS mm -hmm. for $17 million. Yeah, and it's now a 10-year deal. $17 like a, million. I think it's eight years, and it's up to like 10 if the, the rights get signed or renewed by uh, CBS. Basically, the, the whole entire deal could be worth more than $100 million. Good for him. Um, and now the, the highest paid analyst previous to that was the, you know, the legendary John Madden. Mm. Um, he had a deal that paid him $8 million per year, but with inflation right. in today's rate, he would have been making 14 million per year. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that's great for Romo and, who was vilified oh, forever for, you know, dropping one ball during a extra point attempt, I think, um, early in his career and, and obviously never won a championship. But uh, he's really kind of found his his stride in the booth, and I think that's really important for you know former athletes uh, to get into the broadcasting side of things. I love that the UFC is is bringing in you know its athletes to do so. I would prefer that these athletes would not be active when they're doing it. That's just me. I'm kind of a purist in that sense. Um, but you know th this is a very clear uh, way for you know former athletes to stay involved in the sport and when you have the the gift of gab and a, and a good football mind uh it's great and awesome stuff for tony romo exactly exactly well you know what the gift of gab is all about so it'll work for him so now with with that the most he ever made in, in a season he's doing great i mean he got 26.5 million in 2013 he made over 127 million dollars in 14 seasons with the cowboys and i will say that when i see him do commercial analysis, yeah. I think he does a great job. So good for him. Good for him. Yep. Let's get a little collectible talk. I've talked about the unopened box of 16 wax packs of the 1980 Tops basketball that I had that had Magic Johnson and Larry Bird's rookie card in it that I went and sold stupidly. <laughs> I call myself stupidly on this one. And I got like 2200 and then, then I think the last report I gave you at one time is sold for 4400 and then it sold for 6000 towards the end of last year. It just sold again this week, another one on eBay for $7,700. Look at that. And since I sold it five years ago, it's increased 300%. Yeah. Another example of your collectibles, folks. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Those unwax packs, graded cards. I'm telling you, I mean, if you, if you get into it. You, you're good with the uh, variety of collectible cards that you've invested in over the years. Like, I only have baseball cards from my youth, and unfortunately, uh, they're all, you know, post-1988, 89, and uh, those cards are just worthless. Like, literally not worth the cardboard that they're uh, printed upon, and it, and it sucks, Bruce. Like, I have unopened uh, tops uh, baseball cards, like complete sets from the 90s, that are, are worth less than what I paid for them. Um, and it's heartbreaking. Because it's heartbreaking because the way to collect cards, seriously, unless set for certain specific cards like 86 Fleer, Michael Jordan, and mm. what I'm talking about here with Magic, 
pre-1975. In the early 90s, all they did was print paper. There's right. just well, supply and demand. There's thousands, tons of them. There's, tons. A, there's a documentary, I think it's on Netflix, about Upper Deck and uh, what they did with the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. And um, yeah. I believe that was like 89 or 90. Um, they were printing. I'm mistaken. Yeah, they were printing those rookie cards like all the way through the 90s, like to the mid to late 90s. They were still printing that card, and it was getting circulated as if it was, you know, the the same year rookie card, and it, it just wasn't. And unfortunately, that made the you know ultra rare Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card uh, not really rare at all. And I think that was a card that was worth you know, hundreds of dollars when I was a kid that is literally worth like maybe a dollar now. Like it was, nothing. it was actually worth near, it was actually worth near about 90 to a hundred dollars a card. Right. Back then. Cause I bought a batch of them back then. And I was surprised it was worth a couple bucks, not now at best. And that's if you, yeah. So we'll see. Listen, I have a field story here, which is a great organization. They helped a 10 year old superhero stop a bank robbery and rescue someone from a burning building. Wow. You know, a lot of kids, 10-year-old uh, Gage Pike from Florida, wanted to be a hero. And his version of a hero was to be a crime-fighting role. I, I hate to wish. cut you off, Bruce. I can't hear a word you're saying. Uh, unfortunately, I, all I heard was Gage Pike, which is the most badass name for a child ever, especially if he wants to be a superhero. Uh, but beyond that, I'm so yeah. All right, I'm sorry about this. Is, is it coming through clearly now? No, not really. All right, then let's hold up on the show. Uh, not the show, rather. On right. the story here, I understand it. It's just a great takeaway doing their great thing. Why don't we sign up, let people know what's going on? People, again, I apologize. We've had a major outage for miles around. It came back, and I think there's still more that has to Excuse me if it's a little rough today on our show. I forgive us. Okay, go ahead, CJ. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe I'll do the, the honors for you. Um, if you would like a Bruce Buffer uh, voiceover, custom voiceovers available at BruceBuffer.com. Uh, you still have the, the, the $100 special going on, right, Buff? Oh, man, I haven't raised that. Sure. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so that's still going on. So take advantage of 99. that. $99. 99 See, that extra dollar you can do something with. I don't know what. Um, maybe buy a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Um, no, the extra dollar will go towards military, animal, and children charities. Oh, so you are charging and them $100. Oh, it's $99, but right. partial proceeds go to military, animal, right. and children charities. I don't think you understand what I said. I said you're saving a dollar. Give a $100 bill. You save a dollar. What are you going to do with that save dollar? I, I don't know. Got it. Um, yes. How much? Huh? I have, I have no idea. Uh, follow me on Twitter. At TJ DeSantis, check out some of my uh, MMA uh, radio offerings. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash between rounds. We'd love your support. $5 gets you some exclusive access. $10 gets you even more exclusive access, plus premium betting talk that you're not going to find anywhere else uh, on the internet. Also, beyond that, if you don't want to spend any money, uh, just do a search for Between Rounds Radio wherever it gets your podcasts. Uh, I was on Sunday with Eddie Alvarez for Beat Dead After the Bell. We recapped all the action coming out of the uh, UFC in Virginia. Uh, I'll be back this Saturday night with Dean Thomas. You can see him on Dana White's Looking for a Fight. We will recap all the action out of UFC 248. That features Israel Adesanya taking on Yoel Romero. A middleweight title on the line. Bruce Buffer, you're going to be there. Um, I guess you'll see everyone from the Octagon. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Uh, be a, yes, yes. I'm going to try to do it. Uh, be a, uh, uh, what is it? A role model to your sphere of influence. A role model to your sphere of influence. It's all about winning goals. Write them down. All about winning. Cheers. Yeah. What he said. Uh, it's time to win for Bruce Buffer. I'm TJ DeSantis. We'll see you next time for his time radio. Hey, I'm Kayla. As a mom working from home, life is crazier than ever, especially on days like these. But I'm still ruling my day thanks to Metro. Metro gave me an awesome phone and tablet. Now my son can get his homework done on the tablet without needing to borrow my laptop. Plus, with Metro, Amazon Prime is included, so I can access great deals and discounts on school essentials. 
and get them delivered in no time with unlimited free shipping. All while keeping an eye on my son to make sure he finishes his online practice tests before he starts watching his favorite Amazon originals. Right now, get a new phone and tablet on us when you switch to Metro, the number one brand in prepaid. Plus, enjoy high-speed data on both devices with one Amazon Prime membership included for just $75 a month. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. I'm Kayla, and that's how I rule my day with Metro. With new lines of service after rebate redemption plus sales tax and activation fee. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members on select rate plans. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 a month cost. Restrictions apply.